1: Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Kramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Kramer and David Faber. Futures are up as the market tries to price in some piecemeal stimulus now as the president has that series of late-night tweets. The VP debate tonight. Lots of Fed speak headed our way, along with Fed minutes at two o'clock Eastern. Our roadmap begins with a stimulus whipsaw. The president calls off negotiations until after the election, then calls for new standalone stimulus relief measures.
0: Plus, big tech backlash. House Democrats accuse Apple, Google, Facebook and Amazon of abusing their market power and that Congress needs to rein them in. And Eli Lilly asking the FDA to authorize emergency use for its experimental COVID-19 antibody cocktail. Those shares are rallying ahead of the open. Carl? All
1: right, Jim, uh, market's trying to do a bit of a reset now as Goldman weighs in this morning and says airline stimulus likely, further PPP uh, probably not likely. Where are we?
2: Well, I mean, I think that the market went down after what the president said and was unacceptable to the president. The president was talking about market hitting new highs, and the only person who was sending him down was, was him. So I think that he does react. You know, I, I think it's probably, uh, you're not going to get that. It's not going to say, listen, the Dow was down. But there's really no other reason. I mean, he completely dismissed Speaker Pelosi. Uh, I don't know what he did with what Secretary Mnuchin was speaking about, whether there were phone calls going on and they were irrelevant, uh, obviously, he addressed the fact that the Senate was interested in the uh, Supreme Court, not in stimulus so I think it's it 's minor stimulus. I think you can make an emergency rep, uh, emergency preparation for the airlines, of which by the way, they do have uh, there 's a bunch of pieces out today which saying they do have the liquidity and, and so i the only thing I can think of is the only thing that changed was that the stock market went down. David, you know that the president watches the Dow Dow Jones. I know you think it's atavistic, but he he follows it very closely. And I know that he didn't want to be the reason why the stock stock market went down. He historically doesn't like to uh, send the stock market down.
0: No, he's used it as a report card on his administration, more so than any administration, certainly, that we can ever remember uh, in terms of his focus on the Dow and the S&P occasionally, the NASDAQ, but usually the Dow, you're right. You know, Jim, yesterday we talked about the lack or the... I at least question the likelihood of a potential deal. Right. Um, and I do wonder. You said there would
2: be no deal. Well, I,
0: I, I, I was somewhat cynical. cynical. yes. About it, but you it claimed
2: it. I was cynical. Well, it turned out that I was wrong. Well, you weren't cynical. You were accurate. But, I,
0: but again, I do. I come back to uh, Leader McConnell um,
2: right.
0: and his right. role here. And there's some reporting that he may have told the president that it wasn't going to happen in the Senate. And I, I don't know what you make of it or what you've heard. Um, but that's where we kind of come back to. And you got. Mnuchin out there trying to negotiate something with Pelosi. But in good then, faith. Yeah. I, I,
2: uh, you throw your hands up. Well, look, I, I think that the tweet of the president uh, when he was, uh, I'm going to call him rash, because when you see policy in Twitter, he, 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 it's very hard to discern the actual seriousness of it. But uh, he did say that the Senate... Uh, wanted to take up the Supreme Court. That became the priority, not the stimulus, which made me feel like, once again, the V-shaped recovery is alive and well in the Senate. There is a V-shaped recovery in the big companies. There's no doubt about it. We see those stocks go up all the time. And this is the big companies. And we don't trade the small companies. But, Carl, I mean, it, it, it's very clear to me that there is a timeline. Uh, and the timelines are the only explicable thing. It's inexplicable without the doubt. You, you cannot figure out what the president was doing because the president seemed to be undercutting his well, own people.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not sure how constructive it is, guys, to try to read the president's mind. But I will read you one thing that our Cashin writes uh, this morning. We think the president was beginning to realize that any stimulus package was coming very late in the election cycle and could almost equally preserve and hold an economy together for a potentially incoming Biden administration. There's this crazy narrative, Jim, that for some reason, the president either doesn't want to help an incoming Biden White House or even make it even worse than it ordinarily would have been.
2: Well, I don't believe that the president even factors in the idea that Biden could win. I mean, I think that that's you know, the president is a zealot about himself. And I think that he didn't want it. It wasn't that he wanted to help people if if uh, Biden uh, wins. I, I, I think he was trying to say, listen, we got a really strong economy. We don't even need this. What is the point? Uh, 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 Speaker Pelosi wants something that's so big and not targeted when we have an economy that's about to, to roar. Now, I mean, I, I had Marty Musi on from paychecks yesterday, and he did say, and that's small, and medium-sized business, that things aren't bad. Uh, you can create a scenario, David, where you don't need a stimulus. Right. And that's the scenario that the president created. Uh, and
0: it is one that we're going to most likely be living with. I, I don't know the likelihood of one-off aid, for example, for the airlines or some sort of PP. I, I, we don't know, or a one-time check, right. Jim. So let's just come back to the market itself. At this point, we've got what a little less than three months to go in the year. Uh, we've got an election. Twenty. How many days away are we? Twenty-eight. Twenty. I don't know. Something like that. Uh, what do you do here uh, with the lack of a V recovery? Right. In the economy overall. Now, we've gotten back a lot, right. 80 plus percent of what we uh, in terms of production. But we're not all the way back. Uh, do you fade things? Do you just go with what's working? So how do you approach the I rest of the year given no
2: stimulus? No, no. And let's assume no stimulus even in the lame duck. OK, so who hel- is helped by stimulus? Companies that are hanging on by their fingertips. Mm-hmm. You look at Lowe's today, which announced some terrific people. Terrific. Another uh, they no, $100 million dollars they're going to uh, give to their I front, noticed that, front and, front and I just workers. say Lowe's is crushing it. I got a note that says that Home Depot is killing it. I got a note here that says that Walmart is doing amazingly well. I got a note that says that Costco is having the time of its life. So, David, these companies, the, everybody who is small, medium-sized business is a share donor to these companies because they're strapped and they can't get the credit line, okay? So the winners, I mean, it's, it's very Darwinian, okay? The winners are the companies that do not even have to think about their balance sheet. And the losers are companies that are going hat in hand to the banks with the banks about to report next week. Now, I, I don't mind. I don't mind. I mean, I remember my father sold boxes and bags to people who used to compete against Walmart. And 85% of them did the went out of business because Walmart came in and Walmart was cheap. So it's just, it's just a quick, you know how we think that, that technology, David, yep. is being shot through the roof because of this 10 years of technology being six months. Yep. Well, 10 years of, of big, box, big, big box retailers that you knew were going to lo- win ultimately are winning now. Right. So it's just the same thing. It's
0: it's what we've been talking about now for six months. All yeah. the trends in place have been accelerated. Right. And so that's what you want to continue to follow, because you're not going to necessarily be able to save
2: those businesses that compete. Right. With the big guys who are already doing very well. Right. So the American consumer, if you really want to be cynical about it, the American consumers fighting. Uh, they don't if they want to bargain, you go to Walmart, you go to Target, you go to Costco, you go to Amazon. If they want to pay more, they go to the local guy. But who needs a local guy when the delivery? You saw that FedEx yesterday called FedEx United Parcel up. Let's just be really cynical. What's happened is, is that the uh, the my my FedEx is up again. What happens is no stimulus is fabulous for a considerable part of the market. The, the, all the companies in tech that are stay at home. People are going to still stay at home because we don't have a, a, a we don't have a covid killer. Uh, the smaller restaurants. I mean, come on, they can't exist. Man, we got a world where well, there's going to be a Taco you know, Bell at, or Chipotle in every corner. I like both.
1: I'm happy. Well, look at look at McDonald's today, Jim. Uh, McDonald's adding bakery items uh, to their McCafe uh, in a big push for breakfast. First time in about eight years. We've seen something like that from MCD. Uh, if they believe there's a big share shift at breakfast time, I mean, it's I guess theoretically it's a positive uh, suggestion for the reopening of the economy. But it's, it points to what you're saying is that they think more mom and pops who serve breakfast are going down. Yeah, it's a diner killer. Now, again, how do
2: I feel? So people don't think that I, you know, I'm a tin man here. Uh, I think this is atrocious. I think that they should, these are 14 million people who have jobs, who are trying to build the next McDonald's, but they're out OK, and why are they out? Because they are not being tided over. Maybe the, maybe there is no tied over to a vaccine. I mean, when I close when I close uh, my restaurant, I said, you know what? I'm going to mothball it until we get a vaccine. I'll pay right. all the rent. I'll pay the electric bill. David, I'm paying the uh, insurance. But I got a mothball yep. because uh, it, our mayor allows me to have allows me to have solid 10 customers when I got four employees. Solid. Yeah, that's And they killed my margarita, you. my margarita stand outside because of social distancing. So you know what, David? Hey, I got. We had a Chipotle ten blocks from us. I'm ordering from it instead of my own place. Why not? They're big. They're powerful. They got Topo Chico and they got that bowl that you can take the chicken off and there's very few calories. All right.
3: All right.
0: I, I understand your frustration. And there's many, many business owners who share it, uh, Jim. Small well, how long are owners. they
2: going to last?
0: Uh, they're not going to last that long. Although, if we want to look for continued potential good news, it is in the vaccine. the vaccine. There are, I mean, we're in October. There is a certainly a, a belief that by the end of October, we may hear from Pfizer at the very least. We may get... Um, some very positive news, we don't know, from their trials, Jim. That is I certainly a possibility. doesn't Cameron. mean that we're going to have the vaccine available no. immediately before Election Day or after Election Day. No, that's no. not what I'm saying. But we are going to get potentially some results from some of these trials pretty soon.
2: But, Carl, but I'm looking at Eli Lilly we'll pretty big. They have a very similar product. Now, Eli, Dave Rick's came on Mad Money. They have a van that goes to nursing homes, okay, with their, uh, their cocktail. It's working. And so what I think the bridge, which is why we need the stimulus, a bit, we've got this bridge right now where you can see the president gets out of the hospital pretty quickly. Why? Because the viral load goes down, allows the steroids to do their work. Now we've got Lilly doing it. We have a bridge to the vaccine, but it's a bridge. But, but we're gonna, it's a it's a bridge over the river. Why it, 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 if, if speaker Pelosi <laughs> and the president can't agree?
1: William Holden was so um, good. Yeah, uh,
2: Alec Guinness, Guinness
1: Alec yeah. uh, Guinness, one of the one of the great pictures um, but uh, Gottlieb on Squawk this morning, Jim, did suggest that in terms of the bridge, I mean, we are going to start to see clearances uh, for antibodies before we get clearances on vaccines. That seems pretty obvious.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I really love this. David, when David yeah. came on, I mean, he said it was going to happen. Uh, Len for this point, says, look, the more the merrier. We got to get this. I mean, you know, the president. Uh, I wish the president had said the following that that Regeneron needs more people who are willing to be in the trial. That's what Regeneron needs. It's not that they don't have, they're going to be able to first, look, the first 200,000 go to the government's free, but you need to have more arms. That's what I always put, David, it's arms. You need more arms to inject.
0: You do, you do. I mean, back to Lilly, we should mention it because again, this is the competitor, so to speak, to the Regeneron cocktail that the president took. And it does seem to have similar impact. The combination therapy significantly reduced viral load at day 11, meeting the primary endpoint of the study. Uh, so far, at least uh, earlier time points during the course of an infection uh, as well. Day three, when vi- uh, higher viral loads are typically seen. It did what it was supposed to do, Jim. It reduced the viral load. It reduced the likelihood of somebody having to go to the hospital. Uh, and and that is a good thing. And that is something that may be available sooner than these vaccines.
2: Yeah, look, I, you know, Cole, we get a V-shaped recovery. Um, if we just get you can argue we have a V-shaped recovery now. There's a lot of places in the country, as Marty Musi said, being paychecks. I guess a lot of areas of the country are doing well. And I think that that's one of the reasons why, as David keeps pointing out, that there's a lot of senators who don't want stimulus because there's lots of areas. Florida, by the way, I mean, Marty Musi said Florida's incredibly strong. All right. Now, you could say, well, wait a second. Florida's wide open. You can do anything in Florida. You can have a packed bar. So maybe the president strips the mask off. He's got the viral load down from the Regeneron, could do that to Lily. Florida's doing great. You could easily craft a scenario which says we don't need stimulus. But then you go to a bunch of other states and they desperately need stimulus. Now, the last I look, we are one country under God, individual and with liberty and justice for a heck of a lot of people. David not everybody everybody all right cool you know I'm
1: depressed guys we'll get to some of the upgrades of the morning uh work day couple of the airlines as enthusiasm is building uh, behind some potential airline standalone aid uh price and target increase on Netflix and a lot more when Squawk on the Street comes back futures are green what's on the horizon
4: for financial markets
0: Big tech is facing further scrutiny on Capitol Hill. Democrats on the House Antitrust Subcommittee are out with a staff report that concludes that Amazon, Apple, Facebook and Alphabet enjoy monopoly power that needs to be reined in by Congress. This after a 16 month investigation into competitive practices at these four companies. Recommendations by the Democrats include reforming antitrust laws and instructing regulators to presume mergers by dominant platforms to be anti-competitive. And of course, this adds to the ongoing investigations from both the Department of Justice and the Federal Trade Commission of those four companies as well. Jim, none of which says anything's actually going to happen anytime soon.
2: Well, the defense is already out. Be a defense of Apple this morning. Yep. I'm waiting for the defense. Where's the defense of, of Google? I mean, come on, guys. Well, they've got a statement out. No, I'm saying this. The, the lapdog analysts. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, where are that. they? No, I don't know. The lapdogs, I mean, I don't know. But this typically doesn't seem to impact their stock prices. Or if it does, it is very brief. Well, the reason why you should do the, and I'll I'll make it. These people are paid millions. I'll just make their jo- do their job for them so that they don't have to worry. Uh, is that Alphabet may be worth more broken up than not. Stocks only up ten percent. The sales are incredible. Uh, we have a lot of lot of stuff buried. If you just spun off the healthcare business, I think it would be great. So, uh, I not think not to mention that, YouTube. Uh, right, YouTube was just so under with- under managed and geez, I mean kind of. It is kind of undermanaged. It's comparably under. I mean, yeah. Come on. It so, is. I mean, Alphabet, you know, I would say raising numbers and uh, break up Alphabet because of the of, and let's move House like the House Antitrust Commission could drive up Alphabet at least 15 percent. I wish I were being cynical. I'm actually being accurate. Yeah. And one of these analysts has to break ranks and not be afraid of offending Ruth Porat, the CFO, and just saying it. A truth teller
0: seems unlikely they're yeah, well, going go that road. How are
2: you going to get an ounce of investment banking? Nah, there,
0: there is a there. You do see it reflected in what may be their inability to do large deals. Um, I mean, yes. man, what Google Fitbit. has just gone through to get Fitbit done or Fitbit. try to get Fitbit done has been difficult. And that's a tiny deal, at least dollar wise. So that does point to the. The scrutiny that these players are going to get if they ever were to even try to do a large uh, transaction David how much
2: value was created? I got to sit up. Damn a How much value was created by the breakup of ATT? Uh, yeah. a, a lot <laughs> right a lot. Yeah, yeah. Abbott Abby they did it on their own yeah. brilliant. Yeah, how about Philip Morris? Uh, you know there they broke it up before Congress had a shot at it. They did although they've I'm not sure that adds well, very much value. Pay, but when you're killing people, it's really hard to have people. Standard in. Oil, that one had a lot of value. Huge. Yeah, big, big. Standard Oil. Thank you, Teddy Roosevelt, for creating so <laughs> much wealth. So, Carl, I mean, we shouldn't be, we we shouldn't just say, oh my, geez, the house is breaking up. I think we should say, hey, you know what? The house could create an interesting thing with YouTube and, you know, you search, and then you got the healthcare. I, I don't know. I mean. Go Facebook, house. Instagram. Well, you're talking and about
1: Congress as uh, an investment banker.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I I, I think but, that remember uh, Peter Navarro does this back and Congress now is taking numbers up. Uh, do they even realize this stuff? I mean, do they like have someone in there who says like, wait a second, we got to do some PE analysis. But you know, if you want to do a breakup, Alphabet is ready. Some of the parts analysis, actually. Some of the they SOTP. Yes, yes, got as David would say, SOTP. But Jim, uh, wow. Carl,
0: listen. You, but these cases, if they were to even undertake one, and we'll see, DOJ, we keep waiting. They're very close potentially to making a move of some kind. Yeah. Um. These cases take years, years and years, years. and years. Now they may be distracting, but that doesn't mean that it's going to end up with. We don't
2: know where it would end up. Right. Well, look. Is, do you think the stocks are down today? No. no, because people realize it could be great for Alphabet. You know, let's say the house is breathing down Alphabet's neck. We say, well, OK, well, here's some. Some man also come up with a sum of the parts. Uh, sure. What, what Apple? Okay. What's what's the Apple focus just on the I mean, uh, the app store? Obviously, time. is getting a
0: great deal of focus these days yeah. from people from the companies that are very upset with having to have the 30 percent.
2: Right. Uh, Logitech, you know, they kick off the they kick their buds out. And if you want, you got to pay the toll to yep. be in. But, but everybody knows, and this is I'll make Al- uh, Apple's case, everybody knows that if you pay the toll, you do a heck of a lot better with your, with, with, with your website than you do if you don't.
0: It- um, Steve Ballmer knows his way around an antitrust. He was at Microsoft obviously while they were taking on the federal government. Uh, he was a guest on Squawkbox earlier. Here's what he had to say, broadly speaking about these antitrust investigations.
5: The thing that really needs to happen is they need to have a smart regulator to talk these things through with. I do not think that they can just sort of take a unilateral action and expect it to satisfy whatever it is some regulator or congressman will decide they should have done. So the key is to engage. Uh, you could change the law and it still might not be clear to these companies what they need to do to comply because the law is not going to be written case by case by case. I also don't think the case of Apple is the same as Google is the same cases the same as Amazon. In a sense, putting them all together makes good theater, but it doesn't necessarily mean good, good policy, in my
0: opinion. Yeah, or potentially good law. Um, market power, though, Jim, is the one thing that unifies them. They are incredibly powerful companies.
2: Right. But let's go back to Facebook. Uh, if you look at Facebook as a company that has too much power because it's so dominant in social media, how do, what do, we, make, how do we make Twitter? What do we say of Pinterest? What does that mean about Snap? I mean, what are they looking at? What documents are they looking at? They're looking at, like, two years ago? I mean, the whole point of what's happening is there have been some great stocks, Shopify. You know what, Carl? Overlay Shopify over Facebook, and you'll see how powerful the competitors are. But no one wants to make that case because what, you know, Mark going to say, hey, listen, Shopify's kicking our butt. But they are for small... Look at that. Come yeah. on.
4: They get a Chartist.
2: You know, I I love Bomber, but they need a Chartist down there. They need a technician. That'll (laughs) tell them the truth. (laughs) Uh,
1: We'll get to more on Facebook, of course, as they uh, take QAnon content off of the platform yesterday. uh, We'll talk more retail, too, as Levi's has some surprising numbers to the upside. Squawking the streets back after a...
4: The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX.
1: We've
0: got a minute and a half before we get started with trading here on what Jim and I like to call Hump Day. Don't forget that. You want to take a look at Levi's on the map? Yeah, Dash? well, first
2: remember, I should say it's been a year since I've recited the Pledge of Allegiance. One Nation, Indivisible, which even is better. Yes, Indivisible be is better than individual. We used to be Indivisible, became individual. Yeah. Um, I couldn't say goodbye, Ruby Tuesday, David, because they filed for bankruptcy. All right, we can get that music going. But it's yep. Chip Berg and Levi Strauss and what they've done. Is remarkable. Direct to consumer, less like Nike's done. China's on fire. China may have given us the virus, David, but you know what? They've gotten rid of it, and they're just buying Levi's left and right. There, they're closing underperforming doors. Uh, They got a special deal with Kohl's. They got a special deal with Dick's. They got low inventories, 50% growth in their e-commerce. I say we're going to have chip on tonight. It's in keeping with Matthew Boss from J.P. Morgan, who says that there's denim is red hot. Why is denim red hot, David? Casualization.
0: Yes, everybody's casual.
2: Yeah. Well, I've even got some jeans on today because I can come here.
0: NYC can't wear them. You have jeans on? Yeah. But um, you don't
2: look like you have, like, what do you wear? I know. Well, on top, top you suit coat?
0: Yeah. But you got two suits going in? No, this is just a sport jacket. Um, uh, Jim, net revenues were still down 27% at least, but the market seems to like it.
2: Well, because people thought the stock was going to, you know, that the numbers were going to get crushed. Yeah. And they didn't realize that Chip Berg didn't stand still. He went into action. Chip is great. When we hear him tonight, I think everyone's going to be impressed. He he takes, by the way, share, he is incredibly shareholder friendly and has felt terrible about what happened. No more. He's, oh, will you look at that sea of green? Sky of blue. Ah, uh, yellow submarine. Yep. Carl, this is what happens if you do, if you invest by tweet. All right. Can we just caution investors that if you're just going to look at the president's tweet, you're going to end up on the wrong side of the trade? I mean, it is really incredible. You see his tweet, you sell. I mean, can we be? Can people be that ignorant? He's arbitrary and capricious on Twitter. So if he says sell on Twitter, you buy.
1: Yeah, I mean, the bull cases being written this morning, Jim, as you know, are about the market pricing in stimulus, whenever, whether it's this week, next week, whether it's after November, whether it's in January. Uh, that it's coming uh, somehow. Right. And the other notion is that, I mean, look, Biden up 16 in the CNN poll, and, you know, we're not putting credence behind polls, but is as the polls widen, the likelihood, some right Barclays is the one this morning, uh, of a contested election come down, and the market seems to like that idea.
2: Oh, does the market love that? Uh, of course, the president can't love it. And the president, I think he's counting once again on people not willing to say that they're going to vote for Trump on these polls. But I... I I think that what's going to happen is is that uh, the people who think that Biden's going to win, they feel there's certainty. Uh, people who feel that Trump's going to win, they like the fact that Trump's good for the stock market. And, and so you have these two groups coalescing once again. And if the president just doesn't go on Twitter, he could get a, a multi-day rally. David, he had a multi-day rally going. He, he does, look, the president does, I, do, I know he does not focus on 50-day and 200-day because I've spoken to him about stocks. That's not his thing he actually cares about the actual companies.
0: Right. Well, we have resumed our upward trend in the market. Of course, we should point out the S&P is up about 5.2% for the year, and that is certainly nowhere near the almost 26% gain for the NASDAQ. Trends remain in place. You discussed them earlier, Jim. Right. The acceleration of so many different things that were already in place, but in terms of digitization, and we back to Levi's, what you were just talking about, a 52% right. jump in their e-commerce. Now, 27% down overall, but... Right. The market and and investors seem to like that growth there and And what that means for the future for these companies. But they're pulling, you know, that's that's the story. And that's being reflected yet again today in the market, despite what seems to be a high likelihood of a lack of any real relief bill coming anytime
2: soon. Well, stocks go down geometrically, go up arithmetically. So Amazon, Carl, is still down uh, 52 points. Uh, And Amazon is my bellwether. They are. that stocks get it's a lot, like a lot of these stocks they are down 10 percent. And uh, that's too much in the sense of how well they're doing. Given the fact that Amazon Prime Day is coming up. And uh, I don't know if you've looked at your, what Amazon <laughs> says they know you want. I think they're very off this year. What they say that I want is just not. I, mean, I don't know. The algorithms could be out of out of whack. But, yeah, we need to see that stock up 100 points in order to be able to make back the, the presidential tweet.
1: You know, you remember how, how uh, next week's going to be. Oh, it's huge. Amazon Prime. Yeah. But between Prime Day, uh, the Apple event coming up, Jim, uh, the bank earnings, the second debate, uh, the next week or two are going to be chock full of news from a business standpoint.
2: Well, we had, uh, by the way, Netflix for speaking Fang, We have a really positive note yeah. about Netflix. I mean, yeah. Just talking about how there's really not a lot, well, not a lot out there. I suggest that people watch The Boys, which is on Amazon. Uh, Pivotal. Uh, Massive benefit from global COVID-19. Thesis unchanged despite competition from a company, David, we stopped talking about. Disney. As that stock goes step by step, inch by inch, slowly Disney falls.
0: It does, down 15% for the year. But its market value, uh, close to that of Netflix, about $9 billion behind in terms of size. But you're right, we haven't talked as much about Disney Direct-to-consumer there, though, continues to be the focus, but it's not as easy when the theme parks aren't being able to operate at capacity. And, by the way, they made a lot of money having people sit in movie theaters watching what they produced. Right. A lot.
2: Right. They don't make that anymore. You're not going to get COVID. Well, well, it, I particularly am not challenged, Carl. A lot of people are worried about getting COVID from the seat back at the movie theater. That is something I don't that's one thing you're not worried about. I hadn't no, thought about the seat back. I mean, theaters
1: have never been yeah. incredibly clean. The line that stood out to me, David, was uh, from Pivotal was yeah. that uh, AT&T management has a reasonable shot of screwing up HBO as a competitor.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, did a, I did a Danny Thomas spit date just there, now. You know,
0: listen, low expectations, I guess, are, are a welcome thing maybe for for HBO Max. I guess that's kind of what it comes down to, uh, that if they can do something, it will be somewhat unexpected and perhaps not reflected, uh, currently at least, to those expectations for anything good coming out of, of HBO Max in terms of growth there uh, at, at AT&T overall. I'm going to talk about AT&T in a, in a moment as well on something else. But, guys, you know... Jim, Netflix's power as a platform, I think, you just have to marvel at. It. I mean, think about shows, I don't know if you watch Shits Creek. You're allowed to say that, right? I no. mean, it's the name of the show. I know, but you're supposed to say something. Clear. It's an Emmy-winning show. Yeah, it's an Emmy-winning show. Uh, and, then, uh, and, then, and then, Carl, I haven't watched this, but I'll tell you, man, Cobra Kai, that's also not a Netflix show. Oh, yes. The, the first one was Pop. Right, a pop original. Yeah, a lot of us were watching pop, and then the next one was a YouTube show, I think, originally. But nobody got to know them until they were on Netflix. Netflix.
2: Uh, we regard. Look, I got the rogue, I got the big screen, uh, the huge screen, right? And the first thing it sends me to Netflix, and Netflix is everything. It turns out that I also have Amazon Prime on there. I mean, holy cow! That's how I found the boys. So yeah, you're absolutely right, David. There's Netflix is synonymous. With, with cord with, cut, with television, with television, yeah, with television, yeah. In how many years, Carl? How many years did it take to upend what David Sarnoff built?
1: Uh, not long, hmm. uh, Jim. I mean, it, relative to the history of of, of viewed content, and uh, they point out that uh, Disney Plus, Business uh, Pivotal's report again, uh, is a is is complementary to Netflix. We've heard this for so long. Yep. It's a giant flywheel, but. Every additional service that comes out feeds the overall process of cord cutting, which eventually, uh, in their words, leads to leads to Netflix.
2: Yeah. yeah look, the, the market cap. I mean, anybody could own them. David, I got a real yeah. question for you. Oh, I yeah. suppose all the funny questions I asked. Yeah. Um, why did I have to wait weeks to get DirecTV for the football package if DirecTV is is not not doing well? Why?
0: I, I don't know the answer to that.
2: Could it be because they're incompetent? I, I don't know. It's maybe. You should have seen know. the wires you know, they have from, it's, the, from my, my the did roof. Did you know
0: that I was about to do a story on DirecTV?
2: Maybe you did. Maybe no, not. No, I just had to, I had my buddy Haley say, could you remove the 42 wires that are hanging from Kramer's roof? I mean, it looked like a power plant. <laughs> um, well, DirecTV
0: uh, is something I want to talk about, guys, in the favor report. And we've been watching, of course, the potential sale of that, uh, of that, Unit of AT&T. Uh, remember, they bought it for what, almost fifty billion dollars a number of years back. Of course, as Jim was referencing, it has had a very tough go of it. No, no secret there. We've no surprise. We've been talking about it for years in terms of uh, in, in terms of the lower and lower subscriber counts. But I did want to update people because that process is uh, underway, and it may surprise some people uh, in terms of where we end up there. Because those expecting some sort of a sale of the entire company, I think, will uh, be disappointed. That's not what I'm hearing, at least at this point, uh, what AT&T is um, undertaking and not what the private equity firms lining up as potential buyers for the unit are being told. Much more likely, it appears, when they do get to uh, some sort of a deal, if they do. And uh, again, they expect to do so Before potentially well before the end of the year, they're only going to sell maybe as little as 30%, 25 to 30% of DirecTV um, at this point. They are, I am told, going to be transferring governance control to whatever the buying entity is. So, if it's Apollo that actually buys it, for example, one of the private equity firms that's interested, uh, Apollo would have the right to manage the asset. Uh, They would have the governance control, and in that effect, AT&T might be able to actually. Take it off its books, so to speak. There wouldn't be any more focus on it. But they would still be economically an owner of a majority of it. Now, is it fair to expect down the road that they would sell, that any deal might have certain provisions that allowed the buyer to step up? Or I, I uh, um uh use option uh, an option in some way to purchase the rest at some price yeah of course that's also due uh, always a possibility another possibility is if you are a buyer of this asset you're a large pe firm you know the best way to add value is to go out and get charlie ergen to sell you his direct broadcast satellite business of course as he becomes a nationwide 5g player remember and then you really can cut the heck out of costs and then if you're at&t maybe you want to sell into that if that were to happen at and not interested in banging their head against the wall uh, to try to get Charlie Ergen to do something. That's not happening. I've reported that many times. There's no conversations about that. But it doesn't mean that a buyer of this asset, let's call it 30 percent with governance rights, wouldn't have the uh, desire to try to get Mr. Ergen to come in to sell. And then AT&T might actually either exercise its ability to sell the remainder or something along those lines. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, by the way, I'm told there may be a couple of other assets included there. We'll see some u assets as well. Not sure. Uh, and that they will throw some debt there. You're not going to see a huge uh, check written to AT&T, um, given where the value of this thing is at this point, seemed below $20 billion, not to mention um, they're only going to be selling, as I said, a minority stake, but they will transfer some debt, could be as much as two, a levered at two and a half times uh, current EBITDA, uh, I'm told, as well. So that's a little bit of an
2: update, Jim, on well, Direct me, TV, but
0: I have nothing to help you in terms of your actual help service. Help
2: me here. Uh, the ATT, uh, they got a 7.2 percent uh, yield, which is extraordinarily high given yeah. where bonds are. Yeah. So what happens there? They just...
0: Yeah. That continues. I mean, the that fact continues. is, listen, you right now, this is a cash flow producing assets, although a lot less cash than it oh, used so it's to a produce. Junk bond. But you are going to be able to offload debt with this. You are going to get some sort of monetization for selling well, at least part of it. Uh, and it will d- disappear in terms of at least investor conversation, although, frankly, it already has to a certain extent. So much of the focus is on the success of, well, the wireless business, the competition that they're meeting in the marketplace with T-Mobile. And with Verizon and HBO,
1: uh, Max, and the success of that service in the future. Carl? All right, guys. Uh, By the way, Kudlow said on Squawk earlier this morning that the president had gone to the Oval yesterday. White House now clarifying and says that is incorrect. He did not go uh, to the Oval, despite what uh, Larry Kudlow told us earlier. Uh, Trying to reclaim 3,400. Let's get to Bob Yeah. And the issue,
5: Carl, is very simple. Are are the are the talks dead or are they not dead? We don't really know. But the market is acting like they're not dead, at least for the moment. And that's because you look at all of the leisure stocks, the travel stocks. If you you look at the usual names, the airlines, you look at the cruise lines, you look at Live Nation, you look at the hotels like Marriott. uh, They're all trading up about two percent or slow this morning at the open. Uh, and if you look at the individual sectors in the S and P, uh, the reopening sectors, the cyclical sectors, the banks, materials, industrials tend to be leading at the open. Tech also is up nicely, uh, but lagging a little bit, at least at the open. Some of the other cyclical se- sectors uh, and the more defensive sectors like staples or healthcare uh, are lagging a little bit. So there would be some indication that the market feels that we're not necessarily dead on on the uh, on the stimulus. So. What are traders talking about? There's three main topics that are out there. Number one is, of course, the stimulus. One trader called it the a la carte stimulus. Now is, you know, choose uh, airlines from column A, (laughs) choose uh, stimulus checks from column B. Take your choice. Let's do it a la carte. Uh, Is that going to work at all? Second is just stimulus in general. We have been noting in the last few days that there's really two different stimuluses they're being talking about. There's the stimulus between. Uh, Pelosi and Mnuchin. And then there is the stimulus post-elections, which may or may not happen if the Democrats sweep and what the implications for that are. A lot of people feel it would help cyclicals well. And so we're getting a little mini rally in some of these cyclical slash value names uh, in the last couple of days, whether that works or not, or whether Biden would be good or bad for stocks is hotly debated. But that's at least a meme right now. And finally, Carl mentioned this earlier. In the last week or so there has been uh, less anxiety about a contested election and the VIX, VIX futures seem to indicate that if you take a look at uh, the VIX futures for October, November, December, and January, what you see is they were higher and uh, more elevated a month ago. Now they are flatter and just slightly lower than they were a month ago. That would indicate some less anxiety about a contested election. It has coincided this move down uh, with Biden moving up uh, in the polls and Of course, whether or not that would be good or bad for stocks, long term doesn't is a hotly contested question. What matters is the markets seem to believe that some kind of finality is very important in addition to whoever might win or lose. Finally, uh, speaking of uh, of deals out there, uh, Joe Mowgli at 1115 with us. We did have the Schwab Ameritrade deal closed yesterday. Joe is the chairman, of course, of, uh, of Ameritrade, and he'll be talking to us about new deals coming out, his SPAC, and, of course, coronavirus and sports. He's still a big sports guy. He's got a lot to say about that at 1115 Eastern Time right here on CNBC. Guys, back to you. All right.
1: Thank you very much, Bob uh, Bassani. Speaking of sports, so we do have some reports of additional players on the Patriots and Titans with illness. We'll watch that. In the meantime, let's get to Santelli. talks and Yield. Morning, Rick.
3: Good morning, Carl. You know, yesterday, obviously, everybody was talking about the pop in rates. Then it dissipated a bit when the president's tweet hit the markets, of course, regarding stimulus and the dealing being off the table Maybe that isn't true, as we've learned today. But nonetheless, it really took a toll, whether it was on equities or on Treasury yields. But they came back, and that really is important. Look at a chart starting on Friday of 10-year note yields. You can see low to high were up 12 basis points, and we're retaking the ground from yesterday's high yields, both on 10s and 30s. And if you open the chart up to August, you can see the lows there at 50 base points, the lowest close ever for 10s. The point is, is that we now almost have a 30 basis point cushion. Obviously, it's the biggest cushion, and it does take away a little of that nervousness where many traders become trigger happy as you get close to all-time lows. They don't want to be stuck on the wrong side of the trade. That is dissipating a bit. And we all spend a lot of time looking at tens to twos, yield curves, or three months to tens, maybe in a bygone era before COVID, to see if the economy was turning or not or in a recessionary mode. But the point is that steepening curves also tell us that long-dated Treasury yields may continue to go higher. So if you look at 30s minus 10s, this is near the widest it's been in over four years. If you look at 30s minus 5s, the widest it's been in nearly four years. These augur for higher and firm long-end rates. All we have to do is keep an eye on whether the Fed will pull the plug on real market pricing or not. And finally, about 25 minutes ago, the Brits drew a line in the sand regarding Brexit talks. If there's no deal by the 15th, well, maybe all bets are off. Well, you could see how it reacted. This is the currency market. That's the pound versus the dollar. The pound obviously took a drop. It also took a drop against the euro and the yen and all major currencies. Carl, Jim, David, back to you.
1: All right, Rick, thank you very much. Uh, bouncing back here, 300-plus uh, points on the Dow and the S&P, Back above 34.01. All sectors are green. VIX is negative by about a point. Back to 29. Don't go anywhere.
3: I don't think there'll be anything on a standalone basis. You know, I I would hope that uh, by tomorrow we either have an understanding on an overall package. That doesn't mean, obviously, there wouldn't be a lot more work to do. But I, I am hopeful that we can come to an overall understanding. And if we do that, hopefully the airlines will postpone their actions.
1: The Treasury secretary with our Becky Quick last Wednesday saying that there wouldn't be didn't see any standalone aid for airlines. Jim, of course, the president's now calling for that exact same thing immediately. And it's one reason why the X.A.L. is up almost three percent.
2: Well, there's a lot of positive notes about the airlines today. Uh, It's funny. The only negative note was a, a downgrade of Southwest. And yet we heard Gary Kelly yesterday say some good things. So you go through the downgrade. And they're, uh, frankly, they're not in trouble. Uh, Some of these other companies, obviously, uh, United, they're recommended today. uh, Why? Because they can weather the storm. It is much more about the layoffs than it is about their uh, viability uh, to try to get the layoffs off the table. Uh, Layoffs are equating to areas of the country that will not be served. And we know that Congress is very worried ahead of Election Day that the planes to these small towns will be shut down. And, David, you know, there's nothing worse than in, in the face of, of the voter nope. that you just lost the only way that you can get to from Dayton to New York. And you know, my da- my daughter flew to, from New York to Dayton. Yes. It was like well, it, more expensive than flying to Milan.
0: Yeah. Well, these days things are extraordinarily cheap, but you're right. And that does get the attention of your elected representatives, whether they be a senator or congressperson. They pay close attention to that. And that's one thing the the airlines have in terms of negotiating leverage here. But, Jim, what chance do you really think is that they're going to get a one-off aid package before
2: end of the year? Well, I think that there's a lot of bad blood between the White House uh, and Speaker Pelosi. Or there's bad blood on the White House
0: side. Yeah, we know that. But What? What does that mean for the airlines getting some money?
2: There can be some emergency thing that they do. Watch them come up with a rabbit out of the hat for the airlines. You know, borrowing tax receipts. Yeah, you can do that stuff, David. Yeah. Be creative, David. Okay, I'll try. All right, and try to save HBO Max while you're over there. <laughs> H- I like HBO Max. Well, I'm not what Carl I I talking have no about. No problem with it. it. I mean, I like ATT it. is desperate. So what are they like? Ba- it's like Baker Hughes being spun out by GE. How's GE doing? Not that well. Aww.
1: Oh. Yeah, we didn't we didn't get to GE this hour, guys. No. Uh, after the Wells notice yesterday, we do have 34.03 though, uh, taking us back to levels. About lunchtime yesterday, we're back in a minute, Let's get to gym and stop trading. Call who
2: said the mall's dead. American Eagle Outfitters on fire. Endorsed by Matt from J.P. Morgan. They've got this area division, uh, which has got uh, apparel, activewear. It sounds like a kind of a cheap Lulu for uh, uh, teens, uh, 20s. And they are on fire. And this is a stock, if you believe the mall's not dead, or even you just want to see invention, it's them. I, I bought a pair of flip-flops there. I was probably the oldest person by about 78 years. Didn't matter. Place is stocked. The, the place was stocked. And... Just the flip flops—they're amazing. Not that you go anywhere, but
1: it's <laughs> good. Watch that. That's stock. a good story. Not as good as your Coles, your Coles shopping story, but that's pretty I good. I shopping Jay.
2: in Coles. I mean, I don't know. kohl's cash—it just. It, I, I'd rather have the uh, American currency. I like the Franklins, but American Eagle—it's real. It, it's spectacular. <laughs> I got that reference. Well,
0: I saw on the other night. Sure uh, a a one, and and I, still, I still
2: miss that show. Yeah. Well, he, he quit at the top. I uh, you can watch you, it.
0: It's on a lot of things.
2: Uh, you know, I got a Exact Jim. Sciences today, Carl, and they have, uh, they have got, they pioneered colorectal uh, spotting cancer, but they've got other cancers that they're spotting. The stock is real. Okay, it's an actual uh, Kevin Conra. People initially laughed at him. That guy is on fire. And then Chip, celebrating the fact that genes are back a la what David wears underneath. Me, I got the same suits as always. I go to bed in my suit, I get up in my suit, and I change my suit. I'm not a jeans guy.
1: (laughs) We'll see you at 6 of Mad Money, of course, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Jim, thanks. You've been listening to The Opening Bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
4: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do.